Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey family, it's Kate here, and I'm so glad you're here today. This last week, I just had a moment of being so grateful for all the messages I received from you on Kateness and at Heart of Dating, and I'm just really thankful for y'all for being so encouraging, first of all, but also for being vulnerable and for sharing your highs and lows with me in the dating scene. I just love that we can commune together. It's just so special. So thank you. Now, right before we get into today's episode, I want to share just two resources to help you with your dating life. First, if right now you feel ready to date and put yourself out there, then I want to encourage you to go ahead and download our free resource on how to show interest. Yep. How to show interest to somebody you like. You can grab that for free by going to heartofdating.com forward slash show interest. Now, one other thing. Did you guys know that I offer one-on-one relationship coaching? I love doing this podcast and I really hope it encourages you, but I am also aware that every person's dating history is different, which means that not one set of dating advice can really apply to everyone. So that's why it's my honor and joy to walk alongside of my clients to help them create a vision for their life in terms of God themselves and also in dating. Just from this last year, I have seen amazing clients claim freedom in their dating life. I've seen them embrace their identities and gain confidence unlike ever before. I've seen them heal and do the work only to eventually be able to get back out there with boldness and hope. You guys, one of my amazing clients, Jamie, actually got engaged this last summer and I couldn't be more thrilled for her. Anyhow, it's my true joy to coach my clients in their dating life. So if you want to sign up for a 15-minute free consultation, you can do this by going to heartofdating.com forward slash coaching. Now, this is really for anyone who is seriously considering coaching. Well, I'd love to meet all of you guys. Please only sign up for a consultation if you're seriously considering doing one-on-one coaching with me. All right, I would love to meet you guys. And now let's go into the episode today. I'm really excited to bring on one of my amazing married friends, Matt Ayers. Matthew Ayers is a founding member, treasurer, and executive board member of Vintage Church in LA. Outside of his involvement at the church, Matt manages the investments of a handful of very wealthy families at Alex Brown. Matt lives in West LA with his wife, Stephanie, and his two daughters, Riley and Dylan. He's an avid reader, a golfer, and loves to travel. Now, a few years ago, I heard Matt speak on discipleship at my yearly church retreat, and I was just blown away by his input and his convictions. So soon after that, I tracked him down at a leadership event our church was having, and I ended up cornering him and asking him a ton of follow-up questions. Since then, I've got to know both him and his wife, Stephanie, and I've grown to really love 
love how they do relationships, how they do their marriage, and also how they mentor and disciple couples. Matt and Steph have actually mentored me and a few past boyfriends through relationships. So they are just really, really amazing, you guys. Today, Matt and I dive into the conversation of discipleship and leadership, and also we talk about how that applies to men specifically in dating relationships. It's such a rich discussion. It's so needed. And even at the end of our conversation today, we touch on gender roles and leadership, which is dynamite. So if you want to hear all of that goodness, you're going to have to stay till the end. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Matt Ayers. Matt Ayers. Hey, welcome to Heart of Dating Podcast today. I'm so happy. <laughs> it's good to be here. <laughs> so excited to have you here, Matt. And thank you. It's an honor to have like a friend and someone in my community. And just I just really honor and respect you and your wife, Steph, so much and what you guys do to serve our community, even at our church here in LA, Vintage. And I've just looked up to you for so long. So I'm really excited yeah. to have you on today and well, thank you. to hear the wisdom that you're going to share with us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to. So tell everyone who you are, I guess. Uh, who am I? Um, <laughs> well, I, I've been married for six years to my wonderful wife, Stephanie. I live here in Los Angeles. Uh, I was one of the founding members of a, a little church called Vintage Church in Whoa. Santa Monica. And yeah, I've, I've had a, a pretty wild ride and adventure with Jesus Christ and, and have learned mm. a lot about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to... Uh, to you know, be a leader to uh, live out what he's called us to be, and and um, you know, as I continue to study that, um, I think we got into this conversation, and and you asked yeah. me to to share some thoughts. So you know, happy to be here. Yeah, I think at the first time I heard you talk about the topic we're diving into today, some spiritual leadership stuff, was like a year and a half ago at Focus, I think, mm-hmm. which was our yearly retreat, and I was like, oh man, this is good. We need to talk about this. I think and then I saw you at the leadership retreat and kind of cornered you and was like, let's talk about this more. I want to know more. You know, like it's just such good stuff, discipleship, leadership and what that means in general as singles, but also what that means in dating. And obviously, I'm very passionate about that topic, hence this podcast, everyone sure. listening. But I guess if you just would be able to start off by just talking to us about what is the spiritual leadership thing and why is it important for men? Uh, sure. So the first time I ever heard this idea, this term, spiritual leader, I was still very new to my faith. I, I came to faith when I was in college, and mm. um, you know, I, I knew that I needed Jesus. After searching a very long time, I, I kind of fell into it and, mm. and started to learn and started to grow and started to date. And yeah. one of the girls that I had dated um, you know, during this time was a Christian, and you know, I had no idea what it meant to date as a Christian. And yeah. it's, it's very different. It's a very different than, uh, exactly, <laughs> thus, thus this wonderful podcast. Yeah. But um, so, you know, one of the things she asked of me, she said, I need a spiritual leader. And I had no clue what she was talking about. Um, and like deer in headlights, uh, which, come again? <laughs> which threw me as, as, you know, being a knowledge seeker and loving to, to read and study and grow. Yeah. Um, it threw me into this really long and I continue to, to learn and grow, uh, about what it means to date as, as a Christian, but also what this idea of discipleship, spiritual leadership, what, what all this means. Yeah. And, you know, what the easiest way I think to define being a spiritual leader, what, mm-hmm. what is that actually, it just means to live in such a way that you exemplify what it means to live in Christ. You're living in a way that points other people, when they look at your life, they see 
they mm-hmm. see Jesus or Jesus type qualities. You know, it's a little different than discipleship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where, and I, I spend a lot of time discipling others yeah, and, and meeting with others. And, and it's a huge passion of mine because it's something I always, I needed and I knew that I needed more of. And, and there isn't, it's, it's kind of hard to pick up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, someone that will take you under their wing and really, you know, mentor you in that way. And, and um, so I've, I've tried to institutionalize it in some way where I can, I can bring some guys in and, and, you know, for those that really want to learn, uh, to give them that opportunity to grow in some way and mm. uh, to present the gospel to them. So, but, but sharing, you know, discipleship is more sharing your life with someone uh, specifically uh, you know, a group of guys or, or, you know, a couple of individuals yeah. so that they may learn and grow to live in the ways of Jesus. So being a spiritual leader is, is a, you know, a way of you living. Yeah. Um, discipleship, I think is something more intentional. It's something where you uh, are sharing life with a few individuals intentionally wanting to grow them and to uh, teach them what it means to live mm-hmm. as, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ. I love that. So in essence, what you're even saying there is like discipleship is like a, a part of the process to even becoming a spiritual leader. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think um, uh, we're we're always being we're always uh, teachers, even though we may not know that we're teaching. Mm. So we have to choose what we want to be disciples of. And yeah, um, so you know, c- you really do have to be intentional about it. Mm. Um, and look, this is a lifelong process. I, no one ever has it figured out. Right. Um, no one's ever gotten to the top and just said, oh, I mastered I've this. I've arrived. I'm <laughs> exactly. the perfect discipler. Like, when- <laughs> exactly. Or, or you know what? I, I've got this whole Jesus thing figured out. I, I've reached the, the peak of this mountain. It's No, it's it, this is a lifelong journey that we yeah. press on towards the goal. Mm-hmm. And the race ends when, uh, when we die. And mm-hmm. so it's that's when we get to c- kind of continue on and, and face our creator. But but until then, I'm going to continue to disciple, be discipled, and continue to learn what it means to be a spiritual leader. Mm, I love that. I love that you're so passionate about discipleship because it's really only in the past few years that that's become a huge part of my life too and learning even how to be a spiritual leader and how to be discipled mm. by with other women. Now I meet weekly with somebody like that. It, it's me. Right now it's one-on-one. We do want other people, but like it's, I, I recommend a few people, but I love that process of like accountability and sharing and we confess to one another. We're just like brutally honest mm. and we keep each other really in check and like are always biblically referencing things so that we are both, you know, we have permission to speak to each other in that way. And that's really, really helpful. So in this, so back to like being spiritual leader, I think we'll talk about discipleship more later. I think this is a big hot topic when it comes to like relationships and dating, Mm -hmm. because I hear a lot of women, they're like, I want a spiritual leader man. And then, (laughs) like you just said, a girl said that to you and you're like, what? Come again? <laughs> so like, <laughs> how can we call up men to be even better spiritual leaders? Like, how do we do that? Sure. So I think the Bible does a pretty good job mm-hmm. uh, at calling us into being like Christ, into being uh, spiritual leaders, into guiding others, mm-hmm. into seeing us and uh, and seeing Christ through that. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad always told me, uh, you may be the only Bible some people read, and you mm-hmm. have to live in such a way uh, that people recognize something different in you than they see that Jesus in you. Mm. And look, being a spiritual leader, it it is a little intimidating when you when you you know bring it up that way. Uh, yeah. I was always intimidated by First uh, <laughs> Corinthians eleven one. 
uh, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm. And, um, you know, I've come to terms with that verse, and I think it's it's such a powerful call that all of us should be able to say that, follow me as I follow Christ. No, I'm not perfect. And mm. Paul goes into, you know, through Corinthians, how, you know, flawed he really is mm. um, and how he, he does what he hates and, and all this other stuff. But that, that's not what he's getting at. He's saying, look, I'm going to press on towards being as Christ-like as possible. Follow me as I follow yeah, Christ, you know, good. let's do this together. You know, don't be intimidated. So how do we call men into being better spiritual leaders? Well, Matthew 28, the Great Commission, yeah. um, you know, I've, I'm big into community and I'm big into discipleship. And people often leave off a big part of this because there's two, two major parts to mm-hmm. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, mm-hmm. baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, that says evangelism to me. Go out, yeah. convert, tell people about me. Uh, but there's a huge second portion to that. And this is this is right before Jesus sends to heaven. This is a, a mm-hmm. command he gives us. So after we go out and we tell everybody about Jesus and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we have all these converts, if mm-hmm. you will. What's the next step? And teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. Um, and surely I'm with you always to the end of the age. So there's two parts to this. It's one, yeah, tell people about who I am. But secondly, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. What does that mean? That's discipleship. Mm. How do we live a life that exemplifies Christ, that um, that follows in the footsteps that Christ gave us? I mean, Jesus was here. I, I always tell my guys, the guys yeah. I meet with, it's, you know, there was two main reasons. He came to save us and he came to show us how to live. Mm. And, um, you know, that first part is, is you know, this is the saving part. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jesus came to, to love you, to save you in his grace. The second part is, you know, how do we live that out? Yeah. And it's, it's such a, a freeing, you know, wonderful life to live in that way. Mm. Um, so it's a, how do, how do we share our lives and teach people how to obey those commands? Mm, that's so good. So coming into, let's talk about like how we bring that then into a dating relationship, because I think that this is so important, especially even when we, when we talk about dating and I think that there, we can practice that. I mean, maybe let's talk about how we practice it both in singleness and then in dating as well, because I think we don't just do it in dating. We could definitely do it in singleness as you're just sharing. But how do we do it in singleness? And then how do we bring that to like a dating relationship? Sure. And, you know, I think, you know, when I look at my own life and I look at the guys that that I work with and, and a lot of the study I've done, I think it's surprisingly very similar. Mm-hmm. And I and I think people think it's completely different. I I think being a spiritual leader, whether you're single or dating, you're fully focused on glorifying God. That is our role. Yeah. Uh, that is what we're we're building towards. And when you're young and you're single and and you know you're living life, you're you have more time than you ever realize. <laughs> yes, I always say you have the gifts of like freedom and time. In a oh way. my gosh. It's like we have those two gifts right now. It's true. And it's so you funny. have two kids. So. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. When I was single, I thought, gosh, I'm so busy, and my day was, you know, my whole calendar was just, you know, minute to minute <laughs> filled with stuff. And then I got, a, you know, I got married and then I had two kids and it's like, wait a minute, like I laugh <laughs> at my single self. How could I possibly think I was busy? You know, it, <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. But, you know, when you are single, it is such a gift that you have more time than than ever in the rest of your life mm. to focus on to focus on God and, mm. and to, to learn about God, to grow in God. Yes. I had a pastor who I really admire tell me, he said, I learned most of what I know 
about Jesus Christ in my 20s. Yeah. Because once I got married in his 30s, yeah. I just don't have the same time to devote to the Lord that I used to. Mm. And you have to take advantage of that time. So yeah. whatever your timing is and whatever your singleness, however that lasts, it is so you know, incredibly important that you utilize that time to grow and to learn and to become more like Jesus because that's when you're really going to take on uh, a lot of your spiritual maturity. Yeah. Um, now in dating, I think you carry over whatever spiritual maturity you have and you continue to live that way. Uh, mm. Dating shouldn't necessarily be where, you know, one is teaching the other all the time. Mm. These are two individuals trying to decide if they can learn to be best friends. Yeah. And okay. if you're if one person is, even if they're both Christians, I really believe that if one maybe is like a brand new Christian, let's mm. say, and the other has been in ministry and has, you know, is really far, far along, you know, eating solid foods in that, in yeah, that yeah. sense, you know, it's going to be a really difficult relationship because mm. that person, the the younger and more immature Christian isn't quite ready to take on a lot of those truths, at least in the same way. And I think they need more time alone to figure out and mature and grow before they'll really be ready to take on solid food, That's you know, good. and they need to get through those stages. So I think it's really important as you're single, and I tell guys this all the time, it's, you know, you everybody tells me, guy or girl, I, I really want this amazing Christian person that, um, you know, is everything that I read in the Bible and that would love me and serve me and, and all these different things that we're called to do as Christians. I said, okay, great. Yeah, that, I, I totally agree. That's what you should be looking mm. for. And you you should set those standards mm. high and should not compromise. You know, a, a God-loving, God-chasing yeah. type person. But I'm like, are you the person they're looking for? Yes, and I love that. So yep. often they they, they st take a step back and go, ooh, like, you know, I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, because- Hold up, Matt. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I- the. Best example I have is my my little brother, who I love to death, uh, <laughs> called me one time. He moved to a new city. He was living in San Francisco, and he said, you know, it's so hard. How am I going to ever meet uh, the girl of my dreams or whatever? And it's like, well, who are you looking for? And he gave me that answer, and I said, well, how are you exemplifying what she wants? How is she going to fall in love? She's not going to fall in love with you. Nobody <laughs> nobody fell in love with me, I'll tell you that. My wife, <laughs> my wife saw the Jesus in me. Mm. And a, a Christian guy or girl is going to fall in love with the Jesus they see in you. And they're going to want to be a part of that. Yeah. So, you know, That's I told my little brother that same idea. It's like, you need to be super involved in your church. Pick a church. Get involved. Yeah. You know, put away the chairs. Volunteer in the youth group. He did mm -hmm. all that stuff. And, you know, soon enough, some mm -hmm. girl was like, man, like, what are you all about? You know, <laughs> yeah, I, like, I love hello. what you're doing. I love your heart. Servant-hearted man. Yep. Yeah. I mean, so... I really think that uh, this idea of being a spiritual leader is really a, a key to, one, you're glorifying God, and that is your call, whether you're single or not. And mm. if you do come into a relationship, yes. you want someone that's attracted to that. Yeah. I love that so much because I think that there's that great call that, I mean, in uh, Corinthians, like Paul talks about it, but like we, this time is to have undivided devotion to the Lord mm. and to join him in what he's doing. And John Tyson, who I had on earlier last year on the podcast is like, how do you cultivate holy ambition in your life for the kingdom of God as a single? I love that. I quote that all the time because yeah. it like stuck with me and I'm like, yeah, how do we cultivate something holy and incredible for the kingdom of God at, in our lives as a single? Because this is our time to have devotion to the Lord. This is our time to 
to do rad things for the kingdom with our time and get to know God and seek his heart. Because when we seek his heart, then the things of God become more of what we want and desire. So Mm -hmm. then you'll less likely be in unhealthy relationships because you're only really looking for the things of God and you're not as phased by the things not of God because your heart is so much more like God because you're spending time with Jesus like all the time. And so I think it like will change everything when I hear people like, oh my gosh, I dated this bad guy and that bad guy. And I'm like, I get you. Or when it's opposite and guys saying it about girls, I'm like, but maybe it's not even about them. Maybe it's like you need to be spending more time with Jesus because then you you won't maybe be messing around with the people that are unhealthy. Yeah. And, <laughs> you, know? you know, look, I I was once single and I'm not saying <laughs> that I, you know, immune to this or had figured it out and yes. avoided it. I I went through this. You know, there was a period of my life where I just was dating whoever and, mm. and you know, if they said they were a Christian, I'm like, sure, let's, let's yeah. figure that out. And, you know, I'd go on a date and figure out, wow, you're, you're not really a Christian. You might check that box, but this is not the focus of your life. This is not what mm. your, you know, your yes. true desire is. So, you know, I'd go on these one dates and, and break off, but you know, that's not what God calls us to do. And I'm kind of putting myself in bad situations. I had a, a close brother of mine kind of step mm. me aside and in a loving way, you know, mm. really let me have it. And he was like, look, you know, what are you really trying to accomplish here? Mm. You dated the bottle girl at that club. You dated, <laughs> uh, you know, this comedian that you met at some bar. It's like, what are you doing? You yeah. know, it, And you're wasting your time because you're dating these other girls when you know, you could be missing the next the next girl that you should be dating. Yeah, it's like why don't you focus on you know where you're at in your relationship with God, and when the girl comes along that is in love with that, mm. that'll be the girl you want to be with, and and that doesn't come without sacrifice. I yeah. mean, I was in a church at the time, Vintage had thirty people, yeah, yeah. maybe less. <laughs> And, oh, wow. um, you know, for me, it was like, oh, well, sh- should I go to another church in the mornings and go to vintage at night? Because we were meeting at <laughs> yeah. night at the time. And how am I going to meet this girl? I know all the girls here and, yeah. you know, it's not working. And, <laughs> and um, you know, it's there was a level of, you know what, this I can't put this first. Mm. I need to I need to put God first and I needed to serve and and follow that. And let's see what happens. Mm. And, yeah, I had a desire to be married, but I was also prepared to be single, you know, and, Mm. and to just fall in love with the Lord. And, you know, sure enough, uh, this girl walks in and, you know, Mm -hmm. then a year and a half or so, uh, we were dating and got married pretty quickly and, Mm. and, you know, we've been married six years and it's awesome. So it, it, you really, I really think that God honors that obedience and that trust. And, and look, if, if, uh, we trust God with so many other things, like why couldn't we trust him with something so simple? Yeah, I agree with that. Totally. Something in that too, just in the context of dating and spiritual leadership in dating with men, like, what do you think, how do you think that look like plays out in dating? Like more specifically, cause I know you disciple so many men. So what do you, if guys are in relationships or are like in that stage of like, let's we're dating, what does that look like kind of to be a spiritual leader and what are they kind of leading the charge on in relationships? Sure. There's a big, big difference between marriage and dating. Mm-hmm. And often <laughs> I get these questions, very intense questions about, you know, mm-hmm. trying to lead somebody and and trying to change somebody or to mm-hmm. grow somebody while you're still dating. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're not you know, committed to them the rest of your life, like move on. Mm -hmm. And uh, most often people, it's really hard for people to do that. And, um, but the thing is, is that that person just isn't right for you right now. Mm. And maybe they will be down the road. Maybe uh, there's somebody else, but 
Mm. Um, to toil over trying to make somebody a certain way, I, I just think is, it's a very difficult thing to do. Mm. It, it's not that it's impossible, but I think you need to, you know, to really focus on, you know, where God is kind of leading you and, and where he's not. And, and to make something, to try and change somebody is very difficult. They need to do that themselves and they yeah. need to submit to, to the Holy Spirit to, to be changed. Yeah. So you're not going to change anybody. I've learned that yes. quickly. Um, <laughs> it's that, codependency otherwise. Yeah. It so, turns, yeah. you know, your question was, um, you know, what does it look like to lead somebody in a, in a relationship? Well, when I'm dating, it's more of a, you know, I'm getting to know this person to see if they're potentially someone I could marry. Right. And I really have, I have one non-negotiable and mm-hmm. it's that you are just on fire, love Jesus. Mm. I mean, if if you don't have that, it's a complete waste of all of our time. Yeah, and and I hear plenty of people try to tell me, well, they could come around, and it's like that's not real faith. Like, mm-hmm. I, and look, that that may happen. I'm not saying it never does, but I know plenty of stories, including my parents, who are still married to this day. But for the first 15 years of their marriage, they really, really struggled. Yeah, and you know, we're going to get divorced, and you know, kind of flipped around, but. Um, my dad didn't become a Christian until they were 10 years or almost 15 years in. And that's where it flipped. And it's like, look, you don't need to go through that. And I don't even know if that's, that's not God's best for your life. You know, that's not glorifying God by toiling with somebody and getting emotionally attached to somebody and, you know, pursuing a relationship with somebody that's not helping you glorify God. Mm. A relationship, you know, when I'm dating someone, I, I want to get to know their faith kind of pretty early. I'll get to see if I even enjoy them first date yeah. and see where they're at with with Christ. And then the second date's like, all right, tell me more about your faith. Like mm. these are things that are really important to me. And then during the relationship, I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, my wife and I went through, I wanted to change the conversation to make it more mm. focused on, you know, biblical things. Uh, we went through a book together as a good mm. exercise. Yeah. We we did uh, couples Bible studies together. We it just allows the conversation to be centered around things that are truly important. And mm. if that's my one non negotiable, let's face it, everything else like whether I'm attracted to her and and her beauty or um, you know all the different things that you could name that you think are important. You know, a lot of those things are going to change as you mm. grow older. Yeah, you know and. A relationship and a marriage, especially mm. when you're devoting yourself to someone for life. Yeah. You know, there is no divorce here. I, I'm devoting my my life to this person. Mm. Um, you know, I want to make sure she's reading from the same rule book. And yes. we're, we're in this together. And when things get really tough, which they always do, chemistry or not, yeah. uh, the chemistry yep. comes, and, comes and goes, by the way. Feelings lie to us all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to find someone that's at least on the same same page. And totally. So those are some ways that you can kind of feel those things out. You can hear about the way they think about some of the things that you read in these books or mm-hmm. or as you go through the Bible. And, you know, I've had plenty that thought, you know what, I I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. I don't believe this or that. And I don't I really don't take it that seriously. I think you're too into this. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's totally okay. Yeah. I just don't think this is gonna work. Yeah. That's good. It's so interesting because, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest questions I, I get is like, oh, I, I went out with this person and they're not really that much of a Christian. And it's very disappointing. But I'm like, okay, well then, you know, because that's I'm fine with online dating and stuff like that. It's fine. Sure, I'm yeah. like, fine, God can work through anything. Um, but yeah, right. Ask these questions. And if it's not there, then okay, we're not there to waste time and you're not there to flirt to convert or anything like that, like all these funny, (laughs) silly phrases, but it's true. And like, we're truly looking like back to what you said in the beginning, this great call of our life is to serve God, to be disciples of nations. So what are we doing? We can't waste our time with somebody 
if we are if we if we have a Christian faith to not join in with someone else who also shares in that exact same value. Right. Okay, friends, I just want to take a quick break in our amazing episode today to share with you our incredible sponsor for this episode. This episode is brought to you by Denison Ministries. Denison Ministries is a movement creating 7 million culture-changing Christians who are committed to carrying out the truths of the gospel to their sphere of influence. One of my favorite ways that Denison Ministries is helping Christians feel closer to God is through their First 15 devotional. First 15 is designed to help you spend the first 15 minutes of your day experiencing God through meaningful devotionals, scripture, worship, and prayer. Now, we always talk about how singleness and dating is the perfect season to grow closer to God, right? I mean, it really is. We can't waste this time. We have to make the most of every moment that we have. We really do. The additional time that we have now needs to be spent growing closer to God as much as we possibly can. So if you hear me saying that right now and you're like, yeah, Kate, that's great and all, but I am busy, friend. Well, I hear you. I am also busy at doing awesome things as I'm sure you're doing too. But here's a deal. Can you not at least spend 15 minutes a day studying and being with God? I mean, that is at least a priority we should be making in our life right now. So friend, I want to encourage you to sign up for the first 15 email devotional that can be sent directly to your inbox at first15.org forward slash subscribe. Or you can even start your day off with the first 15 devotional podcast and listen to that anywhere that's convenient for you. Join me in doing this simple but really, really impactful discipline so we can together really begin pressing into knowing God in a bigger and better way in our singleness. So in terms of becoming more of a spiritual leader, like what are some essentials to really doing that in our life today? Like, can you break that down for us and in, in even practical steps for people? I know we've kind of broadly talked about it, but maybe mm -hmm. like three things or something like that. Well, when I when I move through, I mean, being a spiritual leader and growing towards Christ, it, I mean, we're we're followers of Christ in, mm -hmm. in a more, um, you know, direct or maybe descriptive uh translation of of christian is is being a little christ like a miniature version of who he is mm. and followers of christ back then i mean you lived you ate you slept and you stayed with your rabbi your teacher yeah. um disciples of someone you know did life with that person mm -hmm. and and they imitated that person in every way because they wanted to learn how to do that now how do we do that um you know how do we grow towards christ in that way well we look at jesus's life Mm. And uh, there were a few things that he always did. One, he knew and loved God. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can guess what are some of the ways that we can know God? Well, it's our study. It's yeah. our prayer life. It's, uh, you know, our quiet times in the morning. It's yep. us going to church. It's us challenging ourselves with different books. It's constantly having our mind on Christ. Mm. Um, because when you're constantly thinking of it, studying it, growing in it, um, that's when you're going to grow and you're yeah. going to be more like him and, and you learn a lot more about yourself. So, you know, one of the ways I do that is I disciple someone else. Yeah. And that's kind of the next step. What did Jesus do? Well, not only did he know God, but he, you know, called us to love God and he called us to love others. Mm. And a way to love others is to disciple them, to, to grow them, to bring them closer to Jesus. That's the, the best thing you can give anybody. The thing they need the most is God. Yeah. And to disciple someone else not only blesses that person, but uh, I can't imagine, I mean, my faith has grown so much because yeah. I've always had 
you know, we meet every Monday nights. Every Monday night, I gotta have, I gotta be prepared. During the week, I have to have my mind on Christ, or I'm not gonna be ready to speak about yes. what I felt God teaching me. Yeah. So by having, you know, that responsibility and and um, you know, people relying on me bringing something, mm. uh, it forced me to take my Christian life to the next level. And and. Uh, it's like a great accountability. I feel that with Heart of Dating. I'm yeah, like, absolutely. well, people are coming to me for dating advice, right? So I'm like, I need to be pouring into God, godly dating advice and reading new dating books or whatever I can find. So, and I have to be sharpening my tools in that way. Like, right. And, and pouring myself. I would say the final, the final thing, you know, after, you know, you love God, you love others and, and, and through the discipleship. Mm-hmm. I think the one other thing that really sticks out to me and, and just the, the who God was uh, was in his humility. Mm. Jesus had all authority in heaven. You know, Philippians two talks about how he he let go of his rightful place in the Trinity. Yeah. He emptied himself and became a servant. Uh, the key to servant le- uh, spiritual leadership and the mm. key to you know your humility is is how are you serving mm. others? Um, so good. And so yeah. I, I just think that's essential if you really want to grow yourself. Like, how are you serving the church? How are you serving, you know, individual people around you? Yeah, that's so good. Because when I always say that, I remember one time, and I've told this story on the podcast before, but I once asked somebody, what does it mean to you to like be servant hearted and be sacrificial or mm-hmm. show sacrificial love? And he was like, well, I think it's just spending quality time with you is sacrificial. And I was like, hmm. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I yeah. thought about it for a second. I was like, oh, well, I know your time is like very valuable and I know you don't have a lot of it, but I don't think that in my mind that's like super sacrificial because I don't think our relationship would build if, if, if we didn't spend time together. So I think that's like, that's a basic part of how we are going to develop this relationship. Mm-hmm. What other ways would, is sacrificial love in your, or how do you practice that in other ways in your life? And he yeah. was like, I don't know. And I was like, yeah. that's a deal breaker. But, well, it's so, I mean, and that's just a great example of someone that, um, well, one, hasn't been asked that question and two, <laughs> yeah. and, and two, just doesn't understand what it means to, um, to really, to serve. And I don't know mm-hmm. if they just didn't know how to answer the question and were blindsided <laughs> or, or yeah. maybe, or maybe they, um, they, do participate in some way but you know sacrificial love is best shown in my marriage i mean well it's best shown through jesus who gave up not only his divineness but you know gave up for a bunch of for sinful humanity died on the cross for us to save us that relationship between him and the father between him and us i mean we're talking about marriage and Mm -hmm. and that that bond and gosh i can give you a million stories of sacrificial love that my wife has shown me yeah. uh, and sacrificial love that I've shown her and and the struggle to constantly be willing to and choose to choose love and to uh, to choose to love mm. that person and to sacrifice things that you may want or things that you are doing um, you know to serve them yeah and because uh, it's I mean and let alone have kids yeah I mean oh your whole God. life changes <laughs> to surround those pe- those little kids so yeah you know, Jesus models, and, you know, I'm learning this as I go, but gosh, Jesus models this incredible, you know, John 13, he steps down and washes the disciples' feet. Mm. Um, that's how he leads. Mm. He leads through serving serving others. Mm. Um, and so if good. you got to really take a tally, what what am I doing? Who am I discipling? Who? How am I serving the church? How am mm. I serving my community? And, yeah. you know, believers and non-believers alike, what am I doing with my life? Because I guarantee you when you 
get to heaven someday. God's not going to care about how much money you made or where you worked or what accomplishments you really had here on earth. Yeah. I think, you know, someone told me you can't take things with you to heaven, but you can take people. <laughs> oh, I love that. And, yes. you know, it's, so what good. are we, what are we spending our time on? Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's, I'm guilty of this more, you know, more than anybody else. I, I get so busy with other things. Yeah. And then I come back, I mean, even with my own family, I get busy mm. with, and I come back to, wait a minute, you know, I need to focus on how am I glorifying God in this? Mm. Work is glorifying God, absolutely, but how am I serving others as well? You know, yes. so it, it has to be a part of your ministry, a part of your life. Now, Matt, one other thing that I think you've actually said this to me, and ever since I've been also sharing this with other people that I know is an important part of discipleship too, is just kind of like building what you call a board of advisors. Mm, yeah. And I just love that because I've like taken that. Now I tell everyone else, build your board. Okay, where's your board at? Yeah. But can, if nobody, if people listening don't know what I'm talking about, will you explain to like for everyone what that means for you and why you think that's important for all of us? Yeah, sure. I love that you're using that. Um, yeah. It's so good. I was I, like, where's your board at? <laughs> I'm a little too corporate, I guess. But yeah, my, no, my Christian, my Christian board, I, um, as I was growing as a Christian and, um, you know, I had a number of, of, you know, really amazing men disciple me and, mm. and I was so hungry to learn more and grow more. And, and how do you lead somebody? Mm. And we were asking that earlier. And I think I forgot to mention true leadership is when you're so focused on God and you're growing so much that not that you're, you know, fabricating some way to lead them, but you're filling your cup so full that yes. it overflows into their cup. And, you know, one of these mentors like gave that little piece of word to me and I was like, you know, it makes so much sense. Mm. I can't fabricate these Christian questions is what I was asking him. How do I lead the, you know, her in this Christian way? And he's like, you need to lead you. (laughs) And by leading you, it's going to overflow into her. And that's Mm. you, if you're not filling yourself up, um, you know, you got to live it to give it. If you're not filling yourself up, you're not gonna be able to give anything to anybody else. And, um, you know, your question, uh, you know, essentially, you know, the board, yeah, the Christian board idea. As you go through life, the Bible is is purposely not perfectly clear mm. about everything you can and cannot do. Yeah, <laughs> because cultures change, and you know, but the the Bible is it, you know continues to to be valid and and you know mm-hmm. continues to teach us these lessons. Well, you know, there were things you know, like when I was getting married, uh, or we were engaged, and and I was talking to. Uh, I think we were still dating actually, but I would, she had a question. She said, look, this guy wants to move into my apartment. And, um, you know, the, there was like a four bedroom house and, you know, on the surface, it's, is that good or bad? You know, mm-hmm. the Bible doesn't obviously say anything about that. Like, let's look deeper into the situation. And, and she's like, what do you think? And I was like, well, what do you think? Like, mm-hmm. I need you to be able to make yeah. these decisions. It's like, look, I, I feel uncomfortable with this, mm-hmm. given the situation. And she didn't have a door on her bedroom. And it was just, you know, it was yeah. a little weird for me. But I was like, but what do you think? Like, this is a decision you have to make. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, well, I don't, I'm not really sure. And I was like, well, you need a group of believers that you respect, mentors, advisors, people that you respect that you can call on yeah. to, to ask these questions of life. And, and I think that... Um, there's this like acronym, there's four CSs and I'm not going to remember all of them, but when you're making a Christian decision uh, and you're trying to to apply the Bible to your life, mm. it's like, how do we do that? Well, when we're making this decision, one, we use common sense. Mm. Is this logical? You know, two, uh, commanding scripture, we, we read through the Bible mm. and test it according to scripture. Three, we counsel the saints. We build this Christian board. Mm. Um, 
we we test uh, according to to all these different people. What do you think about this? I respect your faith. How do you feel about this? Yeah. And then finally, the commanding spirit, um, this or counseling spirit, this idea of you know really praying and and you know asking God to to give you something uh, wow, inside of you to to really teach you. So you know in this scenario, I felt really uncomfortable with it, and I asked my Christian board. I've got you know I it's grown <laughs> over the years, but I've got a, maybe a dozen guys that. Um, they don't all live near me. Some of them do, some of them don't. But I, I got a lot of differing advice, mm-hmm. but I, lo- I got a lot of great advice and a lot of, um, you know, I think God led advice and, and ways to think about the situation that helped me get outside of myself and to think about it in a, in a more godly way. And, um, and, I, and that's what she did. She, she built her board, um, so a, a bunch of amazing women that she uh, was able to counsel and and you know, one of them gave her uh, a word, and it just clicked. She was like, "That is so true," mm. and it was it was just so clear to her after that. Yeah. And it was a harder road. She had to you know tell her roommates that she didn't think wasn't comfortable with this, and, and a lot of her secular friends really hated her for it. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, everything turned out okay. And, yeah. and I I also saw a lot in her. You know, it's it, yeah. I, I got to see a real inside look of of who I was. You know about to marry and and that was my prayer at the time you know lord show me who she is um you know Mm -hmm. i really want to make sure i'm making the right decision so it's so helpful too just in growing because like as you're saying build our our cup should be built to overflow and then we can flow into other people and a part of that is also through my board and my mentors and the people i have in my life that are also help counseling me as Mm -hmm. well and you know we're learning it's like i think of it as like we're learning from the bible we're learning from jesus and we're learning from these other people who have experienced more of us than us in ways in life and on my board there's like mentors older people i have a guy a male like married guy mentor on my board and mm-hmm. and then i have like a few peers as well but people married people and and some single people and it's so awesome to like I, when i'm dating they're the first people that i bring in to be like so what do you think of this guy you know like i need yeah. your i want your insight oh, because absolutely. i don't want to do this in a silo i know my issues you know all of my issues yeah. you know my blind spots and help me to navigate this and see so that i'm not making any mistakes over here and also it helps so when we're dating and there's some Something comes up and I'm like, I, I'm reacting p- potentially to something, but um, I can bring it to my board or a few people on my board and they're like, hey, this is a tendency that's coming up for you again. And this is how I see it. So mm-hmm. maybe you should view it this way yeah, or, so good. you know, and then I'm like, oh, wow. Versus if I just lived in me and didn't talk that out with any of my board people, I'd be like just going at, back at him without any understanding heart necessarily. I mean, of course, I'd pray about it, too, but it's so helpful to have that like direct accountability and mentorship and just to process with. So I wanted to just bring that up because I know you yeah. said that, I think, for the first time. And I was like, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm glad that was helpful. Yeah. You know, so often we get emotionally involved mm-hmm. and we can't see straight anymore. Yes. You know, and and we need some sober people to tell us, hey, you know, mm-hmm. you need to take a step back here. Uh, you know, there's a great verse in Proverbs that says, you know, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. Yep. And so often we... We give our heart away and um you know that's not appropriate when you're dating yeah when you're dating you should you should keep an arm's distance in your emotional involvement because you want to be able to test their character that's mm-hmm. what dating is about is learning who that person is behind yes, closed doors you're evaluating you're like exactly what is your character really like and having a christian board is really helpful for that yes because they're not emotionally tied to the person at all they have no emotional right. say so they're like 
now I can see crystal clear, you know, it's really helpful. Something else I just wanted to bring up is we're focusing also a lot of men and being spiritual leaders. Like how can women to be spiritual leaders and like in the context of a relationship, in essence, co-lead or also, you know, have a voice, be leaders in itself in relationship. I want to sure. like kind of touch on that too. Yeah. So, you know, as far as how can a woman be a spiritual leader? Uh, I mean, it's the same instruction yep. than it is for a guy. I mean, we're all in this together. Jesus was speaking to all of us, and um, you know, mm -hmm. you're called to, um, you know, to to grow, to learn, to love Jesus, to uh, disciple others, all the above. So, yep. you know, everything we've already talked about uh, is, you know, you're not off the hook. This is absolutely. I love it. You know, it's something that you should be growing in and you should be chasing towards. And that's why, you know, podcasts like this and, and um, you know, Bible study groups, it's not just for men, it's it's for <laughs> both of us. So, um, you know, that's number one. And as far as, as co-leading, um, you know, we talked about this a little bit. Yeah. Uh, scripture gives us very, um, you know, specific gender roles. And I get this question a lot. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how deep you want to get into this idea. However much you want. Because <laughs> yeah. there's certainly, um, you know, verses that uh, I think have been attached to some some pain as well because mm -hmm. they've been twisted and distorted to some some abusive person you know coming yes. down on somebody so you know the, the idea and, and i think you're getting at um you know kind of ephesians 5 yeah. or i can read it 11. really quick just so yeah, let's, let me read ephesians 5 just so people know what we're referring to it's wives submit to your it, this is ephesians 5 22 to 26 which is just wives submit to your own husbands as to the lord for the husband is the head of the wife even as christ is the head of the church his body and is himself its savior now as the church submits to christ so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands Husbands. husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And it goes on, obviously. Right. <laughs> so I, I don't want to skip over the fact that uh, this idea of submission mm. uh, is taken out of context of, of the arc of scripture mm. and, and is used for, to abuse emotionally. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, people are women in relationships where a yeah. man says, you need to submit to me. That That is not the heart of, of the scripture. Yeah, um, I could totally agree. You know, 1 Corinthians 11.3 is, is very similar. It says, you know, but I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, the head of every woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. And, you know, sometimes, especially in, I think, the culture we live in today, yeah. that is a very sensitive subject. Mm -hmm. it, it makes it seem as if women are not equal to men. Mm. Um, and that's absolutely not true. Mm. Um, and if you really want to study this, uh, you know, I was mentioning earlier, uh, Tim and Kathy Keller, yes, you know, oh which I God. love. The um, Meaning of Marriage, such a good book. Wrote the book, The Meaning of Marriage. And there's a, a chapter in there called Embracing the Other. And it's written by Kathy Keller. Um, and she speaks directly towards this idea of gender roles in scripture. Mm. Um, gender roles in scripture, yes, it says that the man is the head of the relationship mm. and that women... Uh, you know, the the wife would submit to a man, but, you know, it, it goes on to explain mm. and scripture goes on to explain what does that actually mean? Yeah. Um, because if a man is to love his wife as Christ loved the church, which is to death mm. and beyond death, is a huge responsibility. Um, but we, we throw authority, submission, and, mm. you know, headship, uh, we immediately take our own understanding of those words and, and don't contextualize it within scripture. Uh, you know, reading uh, 1 Corinthians eleven three again, 
I want you to realize that every the head of every man is Christ, the head of every woman is man, and the head, the head of Christ is God. Mm. So we need to understand that Jesus submitted himself mm. to the Father, and he co-led with God. Mm. He was no less God than God the, mm. than God the Father was. Uh, you know, we we find that in Philippians two. I think we talked about it already, yeah. um, where he he emptied himself. Who being, and I have it right in front of me, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but rather made himself nothing, mm. took on the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of man was humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. The thing is, is that Jesus is redefining what authority is. Mm. He's redefining if you're the head of a relationship as Christ was head of the church, you know, the church was his bride. Yeah. Uh, he, in just John 13, submitted himself to the church. He served the church. He mm. died for the church. He washed the church's feet. That is what a husband is called to do, yeah. is to be washing his his wife's feet, to be submitting to her, to serve her endlessly to death mm. and beyond. And and I think that's, that is the true picture of what that means. Yeah, now, what does it mean for, um, and that, that's what it means to, to lead, mm. is to be serving. That's what servant leadership is. And spiritual leadership is now. What does it mean for a woman to submit to their husbands? Well, you know, in this scripture, you know, Jesus submits to the Father, and though he's taking this submit submissive role, you know, the Father accepts that gift and then exalts the Son to the highest place, mm. as Scripture tells us. So, you know, each wishes to to please the other. Each is serving each other, and each wishes to exalt the other. Mm. That's what the Trinity is all about. Mm. He. He empties himself, but he he doesn't t- and takes the role of a servant. But he doesn't, um, even though he's di- you know shedding his divine privileges, he's not becoming any less God. He's not becoming yeah. any less divine, um, even though he's in that submissive role. Mm, um, that's good. So I think it's super important that we understand that one, this was wholly voluntary on Jesus's part. Mm. Uh, it you know it was a gift to the Father, mm. um, and it's it's his choice it's it's the wife's choice to choose like is this how i want to serve mm. um gender roles also the bible doesn't say oh well if one's the head and one's the servant so or one's submitting so therefore uh one is supposed to take care of the kids and the other goes to work or you right. know, one is you know those none of those, <laughs> those cultural like cultural norms that we've established but yeah, yeah, yeah none of those pertain none of those come into mm-hmm. the bible at all so everyone find every relationship you find who you know i i spent a lot of time with the kids my wife had this dream of becoming a nurse uh you know kind of mid-career mm-hmm. and and she's now a nurse and i'm super proud of her and and so she's often gone and i'm i come home from work and take care of the kids that is awesome. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's a wonderful way for us to serve each other. Um, and that's what marriage is all about, is mm. is constantly serving the other. And I think if at any point in time you reverse that or lose sight of that, uh, you're destined for trouble. Yeah. And so how does a woman or the, the woman in a relationship co-lead? Well, their voice is always heard. I've never made a decision without my mm. wife, but I think what's important to, to understand is the way you lead is by serving. Mm. So, you know, how do you co-lead? Well, you serve just as much as the other person is. Yeah. And and I think that flips the script on a lot of people's Yeah, well, that's so good. You know, you can't, you shouldn't dominate me. Well, of course, like mm. I, I wouldn't be dominating you in the first place if this is a Christian relationship. And that's why it's so important that you figure that out yes. really quickly because this, this whole, you know, uh, construct falls apart if um, if you're not in a, you know, a healthy mm. Christian relationship. 
Mm. Um, you have to constantly be serving each other. That is such a good breakdown, Matt. I don't think I've ever heard anyone really explain it exactly the way you just did. And it's so helpful because I think this, I mean, it's something we haven't talked a ton about, like the general thing and that these specific verses in the Bible, which I feel like when you read it, especially in like cities like LA, you have a lot of women like, what? You know, the feminists. But I'm like, I'm a feminist, but I mean, I think we have a, a lot of, I, I believe in the equal rights for women. That's what I believe in saying I'm a feminist. Um, but like, so does Jesus. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. But I don't. I think that the way you're breaking it down, that you just broke it down, makes it so much more like of a beautiful thing in relationship where women do, of course, have a voice, and it's about servanthood. The whole thing is about servanthood, right. and that. I mean, yeah, we just are like, what? I don't want to be told what to do, but it's not necessarily about that. Is is, and I love how you just explained that. And um, you know, it's funny in in the chapter because the question then begs, um, you know, well, why? Why is the woman the submitter and mm. why is the man the head, even though they're both serving? Mm. And I mean, they're both serving, so I, I think it's it's semantics in a way. Yeah. But um, but you know, why was the father the one that stayed in heaven and Jesus was the one called to earth? Mm. I mean, they're both equal in the in the Trinity. It, mm. The Bible doesn't say. I mean, that's just how it was. Yeah. Um now I think, you know, my wife and I have, have studied this and have talked about it a lot and I think when you have a husband that loves you and, or, you know, a boyfriend, I think is almost premature, but when you have a husband that, that loves you and serves you in a way where you feel so honored um, that you, you know, turn around and serve them back, I mean, that's the, that's a healthy relationship. Mm. And, um, and that's the model that Jesus gives to us. Yeah. So that's, that's the way that we need to look at this and, and not look at, well, who's in charge and who gets to make the final decision. <laughs> it's like, how can we serve each other and play to whatever strengths that we have. And then I think like ultimately, and then how do we submit that decision to God and both be bringing that to God together, mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't know, I'm not yeah. married, but I'm like, in the end, like, it's like, okay, we have a decision to make. It's not like it's my decision or it's your decision. It's our decision. And how are we yeah. submitting that to Christ together? Yeah, right? And like I said, I, I don't make any decisions, uh, especially any big decisions without my wife. I mean, yeah, she literally is my other half. We two become one. I mean, she is my partner in absolutely everything, mm -hmm. and and I'm constantly trying to serve her out of love, um, and she's do she does the same to mm -hmm. me. And whether or not she does that back to me, by the way, you're called to serve, <laughs> and it's a way of glorifying God, <laughs> Sacrificial, right? Sacrificial, yes. And and that's that is what sacrifice means. It you're not expecting anything in return, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, any decision that we make, I mean, her, you know. You know, you ask the question like, because um, their voice is important. It's like, well, of course, of yeah. course. It, it's not even a question. And the fact that you even had to add that in, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, oh, well, we want to co-lead or whatever. It, it, you're already. I mean, this mm. this is all part of, of the way we do it. You know, and, and the fact that you even have to add that in is just proof to the the hurt that's out there. Yes. And, and yeah. I, I want to be really sensitive around it. But I also want, you know, any lady out there like listening to this to know like the, her incredible value, but mm. also, uh, you know, in submitting to your husband, it's such a beautiful thing that we take on these different roles and we, the love that you get through that. And mm. look, if you're submitting to somebody and it's not working and you're miserable, then you're, then maybe it's the wrong person. Yeah. Now, if, you know, if you're already married and everything else, we can talk about that. That's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but. we do have, we do have some married people. <laughs> and so I think that in, in looking for this in dating, just wrapping it back up to bringing it to dating, it's like, yeah. 
we need to, it, I mean, because we're obviously not binding to each other that that much in dating. You know, it only really happens in marriage, but how we like serve each other. And we should be looking for these signs of serving each other as a dating relationship progresses. Because otherwise, if you're not seeing that, then how is that ever going to happen in marriage? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. Marriage is just a magnifying glass to whatever you're already doing. <laughs> yeah. So if you think, oh, once we get married, once we live together, you know, once we have kids, whatever, that things are going to get easier. It, everything is astronomically yeah. harder. And I tell people this all the time that are really struggling in their dating life. They're dating somebody and they're just like, it's just so hard. I'm like, then break up with that person. <laughs> like, it's not that hard. Dating is not that hard. Like, you need to find someone that is chasing Jesus as much as you are, that you admire, that that you want to, you enjoy fighting the battles of life mm. with, you know, and that you want to give it a go to learn how to be best friends because if that person is a struggle to be around my gosh there's a lot of other people out there <laughs> yeah um <laughs> thank you <laughs> so good and maybe also just like you guys they're not necessarily a bad person they're just not the right fit yeah. for you yeah of course. like you know i and i i, I experienced that a lot with i have lots of great people that i've talked to or dated and like it's actually a great person not we don't have a joint cause. We don't have chemistry. And those are like, I always talk about Ben Stewart, who is an amazing pastor. It's like character, chemistry, and cause. Mm -hmm. Do you have those three things? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. and sometimes you have character and you don't have the chemistry and the cause. Okay, well, probably not the best fit for you. And that's okay. Maybe just not gonna, but if you don't have chemistry and the person drives you crazy, then not gonna work out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Matt, I mean, we could talk on this forever. Um, is there anything, I'm gonna ask you our final question that I ask everybody, but anything else you wanted to say just on this topic that you think we missed or anything like that i i do want to stress not to come at dating as if you're you're trying to force mm. some relationship somewhere i mean your goal in your singleness is to fully focus on god and glorifying god and knowing god and training yourself up to be more like christ that is your goal and that's yes. that's life's goal your your goal in life is not to be married and to be in a relationship mm. uh it should be fully focused this life is not about you and mm -hmm. I tell that people that all the time. If you're ever thinking about, well, what about me? You're probably wrong. <laughs> you're probably not in a good spot. So, you know, that's one thing I would say is, is you know, you should be embracing, you know, wherever you are um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and really be chasing, uh, you know, Jesus, not anyone else. They're not going to fulfill you. Uh, you find fulfillment in your identity in Jesus and you'll be in a much healthier place uh, you know, to take on a relationship if that were to come across your way and you mm. find someone you can't live without. Mm. And, you know, like I said earlier, um, you know, everybody always wants to find that other Christian person that is wonderful and loves Jesus and is doing all these amazing things. It's like, but are you the person they're looking for? Yeah. Because if good. you're not in that place, they're going to keep looking. Mm. And, you know, you might as well be prepared. Mm, good. That's so good. I feel like I'm about to ask you, our, our final question always is, what's your final nugget of dating advice? And I feel like that is your final nugget unless you have anything else. I know. Else. That is a little nugget. <laughs> I don't even remember so what good. your question previously was. Did we miss anything? No, we didn't miss anything. That's my nugget. <laughs> That's a good nugget though. Like, honestly, I, I couldn't stress that more. Like, how are we being discipled now? Like, how are you making disciples of nations right now in your singleness? And set yourself up for these disciplines in singleness that you can and and then in dating that you can prepare yourself for marriage yeah. because like whatever you said earlier too about your friend who's like well if i can't spend time with god now do i really think that when i get married i'm going to be able to spend that much more time with god yeah. Yeah. like this is our time to disciple and be the person 
Like instead of focusing on finding the one, focus on becoming the one, you know, like, you know, and, and being stable and being happy where you are. I mean, why would I want to find somebody that, uh, if I found somebody that wasn't doing anything in their faith, why would I believe that they have a mature faith? Or if Mm -hmm. I found somebody that was desperate for someone else, that's not attractive. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I want to, I want someone else to join their life with me and, and then our ministry grows you know, synergistically, it's it the two become three. Yeah. Uh, you know, or two or one plus one becomes three. But you know, when when somebody else is like, I need someone to latch on to, like I I don't want someone to latch on to me. No. You know, I, yeah. I, I I want to see what's going on in your life too. Mm-hmm. And I you know, and I tell people this all the time. I truly believe that my wife's ministry is significantly bigger than my own. Mm. And and I'm constantly working and and bringing people in. And my wife has just has this reach, this God-given reach mm. to so many ladies in our ministry, in mm. her friend group. And, you know, I truly believe part of my purpose is is supporting her and what she's mm. doing. And, you it's know, if, if she had no purpose uh, and she just wasn't interested in anything else, I mean, what are you going to share? I mean, as a, as a marriage partner, you have to have a purpose in that marriage as a, you have to have a, mm, a divine, you know, kind of uh, you know, focus and, and a ministry, you know? So, So yeah, I I think, you know, it's so much easier to redirect a train when it's moving. And if you're sitting still, it's, you know, I I just, I can't see how God's going to move you to do something. (laughs) That's such a good analogy. I love it. Chase after gone, be on the moving train. Yeah. Matt, this is so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and diving into stuff that sometimes is more difficult to talk about. I mean, we just went into some of that and it's good and we need to have these conversations. So I just appreciate your heart so much and just thank you so much for being on today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Y'all, I really hope that after today, you understand how important discipleship is. Whether you are a man or a woman, single or dating, we need to incorporate it for further growth and sanctification. So I challenge you to think about how are you incorporating this into your life? How are you making it a priority? And then how are you discipling others? This is such a key discipline that Christ calls us to and one that we must be prioritizing right now. I love how Matt talked about how this moment in singleness is our best opportunity to truly know the heart of God. We should be aiming to get to know him as best as we possibly can. So friends, that's my challenge for you. That is my hope and my prayer for you right now in this season. Grow closer to the heart of God. Prioritize discipleship. Grow and learn more about yourself. And in doing all of this, be even that much more prepared to date healthily. All right, guys. Loved this episode today, and I can't wait to see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.